Rebels Recap. Join the hosts of Brick City Blockade as they break down the animated universe of a galaxy far, far away. Star Wars Rebels fans, welcome back to another episode of BrickCityBlockade.com Rebels Recap. We've got a great show for everybody today. We're going to be recapping episodes 7 and 8 of Star Wars Rebels Season 4, Kindred and Crawler Commanders. This is Brian, and I've got a full crew tonight. We got our first four-person booth of the year, and got myself. We got Mr. Robin Vogt, Jim Roberge, and Christopher James Letty. So, gentlemen, how's it going this evening? Awesome. How you doing? Doing great. Awesome yeah. to talk with everybody here. Yeah, awesome guys. All right, so let's just talk about episodes seven and eight here. This was both aired on November sixth, two thousand seventeen. Kindred was directed by Sergio Paez, writers Henry Gilroy and the Dave Filoni. And Crawler Commanders was directed by Bosco Ng and writer... Oh, Matt, don't do this to me again. You got to stop writing episodes with Rebels here. Matt <laughs> Miknovitz. I think that's probably better than I did the last time I tried pronouncing your name, Matt. So the first episode here, the Rebels look to move a stolen Imperial hyperdrive and flight data recorder off Lothal while the mystery of the Loth Wolf deepens. And then Crawler Commanders was in need of a long-range transmitter. The Rebels look to infiltrate one of the Empire's massive ore crawlers. Uh, guys, I, I hate to do it, Robin. Mm -hmm. I have to use the F word. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have to use the F word here, and I'm not going to swear. But in Star Wars Rebels lingo, this is going to be a swear. But I feel like, guys, I feel like Episode Eight was a filler episode. Yeah, I think you said it perfectly, Brian. I think that episode eight, where I do have my theories about our good friend, Mr. Seavor, I, I have a feeling that it is almost a unanimous conception by everybody in the Star Wars community that episode eight definitely was that dreaded, dreaded F word that we don't like to use here, but I totally agree. Yeah, it's really hard to argue with that. Just, uh, it didn't, if you take a look at something and it, furthers the plot point any less than uh, an inch i'd say that it's uh, safe to call it filler chris any disagreement yeah. with that <laughs> not really i uh at first i thought there was some promise to the episode but towards the end i just said they could have come up with a better way to obtain that that transmission off-world transmission device so I think the, I think the one good thing about the episode was I feel like we do need to spend most of our time talking about Kindred and Star Wars Rebels has a, this tendency to kind of lead into a a big episode with kind of just a, a slow roll basically but we did have Hera talking with the the Rebel High Council basically or I don't they're not really called the, the High Council but that making the case that they needed to take action and I feel like this episode could have been maybe five minutes or so. There was just a lot of other stuff, and it was good to see kind of like the Trandoshans again, but I just, I have a hard time defending this episode whatsoever, <laughs> and I'm trying to be as positive as I can about it. Yeah, I think that portion of the episode with Hera convincing them, you know, Lethal was where they needed to be, was pretty much the biggest part of that episode. All right, well, let's go hop in our DeLorean. We'll go back an episode, and let's just talk, let's talk episode seven of this season and i think this one was really good obviously dave filoni and henry gilroy teamed up on this one and we saw i do want to throw this around the horn i want to get everybody's thoughts but this was really neat it was exactly the continuation of the episode we got before thrawn governor price they're all there 
they're trying to get the hyperdrive. They they hid and get it on uh, Ryder's U-wing so that Hera can get off off world. And we saw I uh, just drew a blank. Work Davis's character Rook. I think I said that right with the rolling <laughs> R's. So it's neat to see Robin. I'll throw it to you here with a uh, seeing a Legends character pop up in Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, you know, anytime, and again, I always say this, anytime we're talking about Star Wars Rebels, and of course, Dave Filoni being the one who's behind this project, he always tries to find unique ways of throwing in those Legends characters and canonizing them in certain ways. And the, and basically, I guess you could say, bringing Rook into this, or as you say, Rook into this, it, it kind of adds an extra element to it. Brian, you and I always talk about this, and we talk about it as a network. Just those little things here and there makes this universe expand and just grow as a fandom and as we have these discussions going forward. Yeah. All right, guys, let's just, I I think most of what we'll talk about this episode is probably kind of our our biggest questions going forward, but I'm going to throw it around the horn to Jim. I want to throw it to you first. What was like your favorite moment from, if you want to pick something from episode eight, I'm not going to twist your arm, but you know, what was your favorite moment out of both of these episodes? I guess in particular, I'm a, I'm a Kanan fan. So maybe just the foreshadowing of how the episode started or seeming foreshadowing of something looming further down, uh, further down the line for him or Hera, uh, both, or we don't know yet, but I'm just, I'm kind of interested to see them pick up his storyline a little bit more recently and to have the episode start off with him. I think that's how the beginning of the episode was, was him meditating and Hera Mm -hmm. coming up to talk to him. You know, that definitely stood out to me and uh, was my favorite part of the episode. Yeah. Robin. What's your favorite moment from this episode? Oh, where I do love the moment in episode eight where we see Seabor fall into his pit of despair. Do quite enjoy the moment where we see Kanan and the wolf inside of what looks to be the realms of the leftover Jedi Temple or whatever was left there on the fall. And you just see him, and Ezra's now questioning. He's saying, How do you know? You're like, I, I was the one who really communicated with the wolves, but obviously through our past discussions, the wolf was actually really communicating with Kanan in many ways. So that that moment where we see Kanan sitting and meditating and the wolf stand, sitting before him is just such a great moment in terms of not just Star Wars Rebels, but I'm going to even put it there with one of my favorite Star Wars moments of all time. Ooh, we'll hold Ooh. that thought. Chris, how about you? For me, I mean, it was obviously the uh, final, finally getting uh, Kanera to... Uh... <laughs> to consummate their uh, relationship. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, the cool factor for me was when Hera was leaving and she was in that dogfight and she hit light speed through the the bay there in the uh, right. Imperial base. So I thought that was pretty cool. Not quite as deep as some of your other, other guys, but... Well, Chris, you took both of mine. I figured I'd have a, an A and a B, and you said both my A and a B because you know, always going last. I always have to. Oops. I have a chance that mine are gonna go, but yes, I, I actually, I, I do love the moment where she kind of went up on on Thrawn, and, and he didn't expect that. And you even saw mm-hmm. Chopper like you know it was like point Chopper point four seven, and it's like how is she gonna do this? That was a great moment, <laughs> but not so much that we finally saw. Kanan, uh, obviously, Kanan and, and Hera kiss on screen, and who knows if they've done it off screen or whatnot. I feel like that's the first moment, and my I'm not necessarily a Star Wars Rebels historian per se, but <laughs> I 
Robin, I think I may have sent you a message this week as as we tend to as a network talk about these things kind of offline in our group settings. And it just dawned on me, a new dawn maybe, <laughs> pun intended, with Kanan and Robin. I know we've talked about it with others and with Scott. The 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 changing of what a Jedi is in this, and, and even Ezra made the comment of he says, Well, aren't we Jedi? And and I'm still not sure about that because you have Kanan fully embracing love, basically, which is eventually something that Luke uses to finally turn Anakin back at the end of Return of the Jedi, and we get that payoff. But the fact that he's fully embracing that and and straying away from what the Jedi Order was kind of in in the prequels. And I really, I enjoyed it. And it just finally hit me this whole time because we've been playing to this. I, I don't even know why. It's just been, I've been, again, pun intended, I've just so, been so blind to it that this whole time he clearly loves Hera, but as a Jedi, technically that's forbidden, but he's doing it anyways. And, and I think if he had his way... They would be done with the rebellion. I mean, he even made several points to say, and this is kind of leading into what I'm going to consider my biggest question going forward. And Jim, something you said with the, with the foreshadowing is like, what is what is this going to mean going forward? Is this Filoni telegraphing us to say this is how in Empire Strikes Back when when Yoda speaks, or at the beginning of Return of the Jedi, and the, you know, the, when I'm gone, the last of the Jedi, you will be. I don't know. What do you guys jump off from there? Yeah, I, I I totally believe Brian. And of course you did mention our past conversations, which is key because we've been getting to this point where now, not just with Kanan, but in Star Wars alone, and I talked about it with Scott Inch, which you guys can listen to on the next talk in Far, Far Away, is that, again, we are slowly moving in a direction, not just with Star Wars Rebels, but with the franchise of Star Wars alone, we are moving away from their traditional sense of Jedi and the traditional sense of the Force, and we're moving in a direction that is open exploration. We as fans, Brian, you said you've been blinded to it. It's been there, but we just haven't seen it because we're so used to the traditional Star Wars. And it's so nice as fans that this is like a new opening and a new place for us to see what they're going to do with it. Absolutely, Robin. Jim, what's your biggest question going forward now after we got even more about, I mean, we didn't even talk about the the whole world travel that, you know, when they go in the cave with the Lothwolves and, and everything, maybe that's, you know, a big question going forward. But what do you think, Jim? I, I guess I can't say that it's the biggest question, but coming out of that episode, I would like to know more about the Lothwolves. I, I just found that interesting. It almost brings in this Native American side feel of the force in a way. And just, it's intriguing. So it's not, I don't feel like it's going to be a major plot point going forward. I almost felt like that. I don't even know if we're going to get any more of the Lothwolves as we continue, more than maybe just a, a, a small part of another episode. But I, I'd like to know more about their connection to the Force and that whole conversation they had where I, uh, Kanan said their connection is different than what the Jedi have. And it, I don't know, they almost remind me of a, a Bendu-type connection in a way. Mm -hmm. I, it, it's, it's just a interesting area. And, and again, it, it might not be my biggest question because my biggest question is, what was going on with Kanan at the beginning? What is he really feeling? I felt like he wasn't giving Hera the whole story when he said, I'm not sure what it means or something to that effect. I, I think he 
he knows a little bit more there. He might not know exactly what it means, but he has an idea of uh, his fate or somebody else's fate. Um, but I I'm definitely intrigued by the Lothwolves. Absolutely. Chris, how about you? Oh, I'm piggybacking right off of J what Jim said. I was going to say the Lothwolves are kind of like this season's Bendu, showing us that there's other aspects of the Force that we just don't know about. And that whole tunnel thing was just crazy i don't i don't really know what to think of it it's almost like they it's kind of almost like a mortis type thing yeah yeah it's like they traveled like light speed through the planet to the other side or whatever it's just really strange on a kind of a different note i'm just curious what what the larger plan is for lothal with the empire i mean maybe i missed something along the way but has that been revealed what the bigger plan is? No, it hasn't. So, okay. Which I, I just said, I don't want to get to it quite yet, but I think we might get yeah. that with kind of our fall finale. So mm -hmm. Robin, any different thoughts about anything? Just having this conversation with you guys, you know, that's the best part about doing rebels recap and all the shows that we do is that I, I feel like our questions and our, our certain point of views change as <laughs> we continue discussions and everything. And my biggest question going forward now is not just Star Wars Rebel focus, but it's Star Wars focus. And it is, are the elements of an episode like this where we see Kanan interacting with the Loth Wolves and we see Ezra's progression, are these similar tones that we're going to see play out in The Last Jedi with Rey and some of these other characters? Is the natural sense and maybe is Rey going to experience what Kanan is now experiencing and Ezra is experiencing in Star Wars Rebels. Could this be a universal tone going forward with Star Wars? I think you're on to something. I do want to get us all around the table because I want to do almost kind of like a, a pre-Last Jedi with everything we kind of know now. And I, I don't want to spoil anything, but I've gone through the Luke Skywalker book and I have some different thoughts now. Really looking forward to, to talking about that. But I don't want to do it quite yet because the book has only been out for a few weeks. And, and I know we don't like to, to spoil anything. <laughs> and although we've been spoiling these two episodes left and right, should have given that disclaimer out front. <laughs> Guys, I think my biggest question going forward is about Kanan, and I just have this, you know, Jim, you talked about it, you led the episode off with, there's a lot of foreshadowing going on with Kanan. We know that everybody is going to converge on Lothal in this next episode with Rebel Assault, and it's our fall finale, and the fall finale usually ends with uh, a cliffhanger or a bang, and if you look at all the clues, and, and I personally... I don't know. I, this is only just my pure speculation and taking an educated guess. But guys, as a Kanan fan, this really pains me to say this, but I just have this feeling that he may pay like the ultimate sacrifice to allow his, his friends to escape Lothal yeah. and, and help the larger rebellion. And, and I only say that because I know that when we talked with Scott last week and, and I felt completely horrible that I blindsided him with the, the subtitles of the Lothwolf <laughs> actually saying Doom as in, you know, his the Kanan's real given born name versus like Doom as in like impending Doom. But I almost wonder if you can just kind of take that that both ways. And I just feel like maybe it's the Lothwolf's way of saying like this, you got to come back to where you started, not necessarily because obviously he wasn't born on Lothal or anything, but the, the fact that just it feels like we need some they told us this season was going to be, you know, a lot of sacrifice and stuff. And we got a little bit of that with Heroes of Mandalore, but 
I just, I don't know, guys. I hope I'm completely wrong because, like, Jim, like you, I'm, and I know Scott is a huge Kanan fan. He's one of the characters I relate the most to. I don't know. I just I just have this bad feeling. I got a bad feeling. Oh, about man. <laughs> I'd throw it in there. I've been I've been dropping puns left and all left and right all episode, guys. <laughs> That's what <laughs> we do best. I'd love to run a contest on social media to see how many I dropped. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I agree. I just, uh, it, it it does have that feeling. And they, like you said, they even set it up where it would be uh, a lot of sacrifice this season. And it this episode, it, it got me thinking a little bit more. Like you said, everything seems to be coming down to Lethal. And we're at the fall finale part, not a series finale part. And it got me thinking to what's the end game of this series anyway? When you think of different movies, obviously there's a there's an ultimate goal, Rogue One getting the plans to the rebellion and or blowing up a Death Star or in, in two or three movies, depending on your point of view. With this one, I can't imagine that it's some huge defeat of the Empire because I think we kind of know that stealing the plans for the Death Star from Rogue One was their first real strike against the Empire, so uh, or successful strike. And knowing that verbatim, where it's their first victory against the Empire, all it makes me think is, man, Lethal's going to be a disaster. And are we just going to see an attack on Lethal pretty much play out the whole second half of this season? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I, I sorry to jump in. I think so. You know, I, I think where they, they've showed the X Wings and I think that's what's that's gonna be there. I Jim, you just made me think of something too. And if obviously we know the TIE Defender does not exist past this this series. And obviously they brought it in from the TIE Fighter games that were on the computers in the mid nineties. But I I don't know. I just I, I want Kanan if if Kanan is sacrificed, I want his sacrifice to be more than just stopping the Empire from creating this super TIE fighter going forward. I, I feel like that wouldn't do his character enough justice. If he sacrifices himself to save his friends, that's different. But I don't know. They're gonna have to pack a lot into 22 minutes in this next episode, and and it's gonna drop actually tomorrow. We're recording this episode on November 12th, so uh, basically tomorrow we're gonna get our answers, and mm -hmm. we're gonna then have basically a month and a half, maybe two months of no Star Wars Rebels, and that makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, any other final thoughts here as we're kind of closing, Robin? I don't know if I can smell the. Uh, your uh, your head cooking from over here or not or if it's just uh <laughs> no i i think everybody's made probably and i think it's a universal point that and again and you just mentioned it brian that we are going to be on this gap so this this next two episodes that come out of this finale for the halfway point of the season being at the final season and we have such a long gap to deal with this really does have to pack a punch because there will have to be a lot that to talk about and synthesize. And at the same time, I really, really think where we talk about Kane and me maybe being sacrificed and we talk about some of these characters maybe facing consequences of meddling with the Empire and meddling with Thrawn, I think there's a plot twist coming tomorrow. I really think that there's going to be something that's going to really throw us off because they want that conversation to keep going. And they want us to keep doing Rebels recap. Star Wars knows our plot line. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think I think that brings us to our our uh, that time of the episode plug time. So let's go around the horn here real quick. Jim, where can the people find you on social media? 
on Twitter at Red5Jim. Also at <laughs> Musings of the Dark Side. Oh, yes. yes. The YouTube. Second, second episode just dropped this past week. So check it out. YouTube. All right. Chris? Christopher James Luddy on Facebook. Check me out there. Vintage Viewport on Twitter and Instagram. Robin? You guys can follow me over on Twitter at Mr. Vote Tweets. Head on over to Instagram. Follow me at the official vote. And please head on over to Facebook for all of my musings on social media. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jedi Scavenger SW. Head on over to BrickCityBlockade.com for all of the latest episodes, news, anything we've got going on over there. And please head on over to iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, you name it, and find our wonderful Star Wars podcast network. And we certainly appreciate any ratings or reviews that you can give and, and help spread the good word out there and help us spread the positive message because I don't think we said terribly too many things about Crawler Commanders and I think we really could have been a little bit more harsh on that one, but <laughs> I think we can keep it a little bit positive here, gentlemen. <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, yes, and as we normally close all of our shows on the podcast network, may the force be with you. Always. Always. Always.